Hey, what's happening? What's poppin', pimperonis? Alex here, host of Jiu-Jitsu Radio. And before we get started, I just want to remind you guys that Jiu-Jitsu Radio is a podcast that's sponsored by Chocaloha. Awesome people at Chocaloha. I actually just picked up one of uh, the pop sockets that they released, and it's awesome. I was never really a fan of the pop socket trend because I didn't understand it because I guess I'm getting old until I got hooked up with one of these and now I'm a lot happier because now my hand doesn't cramp up. I have a giant monkey paw and my hand always cramps up when I pick up my phone, but now it's a lot easier thanks to Chocaloha. Um, go to Chocaloha.com and use the promo code Jujitsu Radio and get 20% off your complete order on the store, get yourself a pop socket, pick up some rash guards, and tell them I sent you, because daddy loves you. Use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio at Chocaloha.com and get yourself, actually they have, uh, I think they still have a couple left of the um, re-release version of one of my favorite tees. It's nice and green, and yellow. I think you guys see me post photos up of it all the time. But now you get it at an awesome discount. This podcast is also sponsored by the Jiu-Jitsu Soap Company. Use the promo code JJRadio at jujitsusoapco.com and get 10% off so you guys stop being smelly, especially with the, the flu um, epidemic that has been going around the last couple of months. You know, it's not just about staph infection or or avoiding any kind of other like skin rash. You also gotta take care of yourself. And your skin is the biggest organ in your body, on your body, so take care of it. Get some jujitsu soap. Pick up some salve um, in case you guys get those scratches and stuff like that. Uh, help you heal up a little bit faster. And it's all available at jujitsusoapco.com. Use the promo code JJRadio. I also want to remind everyone to please check out the YouTube channel. Like the videos if you like them, subscribe, and hit the share button. I appreciate all the support you guys have been showing me. I just released a video uh, how to or dissecting a fake jiu-jitsu black belt, and everybody's been loving it. I really have uh, been enjoying the feedback I've been getting from everybody. So I'll be doing a lot more um, online video content for all of you in the next coming weeks. Also, please, if you like the podcast, hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher, whatever it is that you use to to check out the podcast. I really appreciate all the support you guys have been giving me. It uh, it's really inspiring. You know, there are times where I'm just like, oh man, you know, should I keep doing this or whatever? And then somebody else will reach out to me just uh, out of the blue and complimenting me on the podcast. So you guys are are actually inspiring me to keep moving and keep pushing. And I actually have some really cool stuff planned in the next month or so that uh, that you guys are really going to enjoy, a kind of like a labor of love. Uh, with that being said, also please check out my blog, mycosmicjourney.com, if you guys want a one-stop shop on everything that I'm doing to keep up with me, that's the place to do it mycosmicjourney.com you'll see photos of uh, fights that I've just photographed or video content that I put out the latest podcast and 
some of my artwork and photo work that you guys can actually purchase for yourself and, um, and hang it up in your house, in your office, or at the gym. Uh, I have some new jujitsu shirts, uh, roll shirts. I got a couple coming in. Um, I think uh, you guys will like it, so please, please check out the blog, support the podcast. Like I always say, I don't make any money on this. Uh, you know, one day, sure, maybe, but for now, it's just a labor of love, and I love doing this, and I love uh, getting the opportunity to uh, to interview everybody uh, that comes on the podcast that really takes the time out of their day to sit down with me. I really, really appreciate it, and that's my phone going off for whatever reason, uh, whoever that is, whatever. Um, this podcast has actually uh, been a couple of months in the making, today's episode that is, and um, it's a good friend of mine that I have been asking for months to get on the podcast, and it's always been just a, a bit of a difficult to, um, to get the schedule together. Uh, he's a busy man, uh, and I've just been running around like crazy, as you guys know, for the past few months, just uh, just working nonstop. But uh, a good friend of mine, referee and a uh, MMA Valley Tudo badass, referee, jiu-jitsu black belt, Mike Cardoso. I met Mike um, working through all the MMA fights that you guys always see me at. And every time we're out there at the fights, we're always joking around. And I always like to hear his feedback on other people refereeing and talking about why he made the call um, that he makes, you know. And I I say it a lot on the podcast, and I'm completely not kissing his ass. Um, I do believe he's probably one of the best um, referees and judges in, uh, in MMA, not just in Florida, but in MMA. Um, you know, I've seen him make some really, really tough calls, split-second calls, especially with uh, some that happened just recently at the XFN fights. You can always catch Mike at the XFN fights. He's a big supporter of that organization, as am I. As you guys see that I'm always running around taking photos. Uh, big shout-out to XFN, Daniel K. and Heim for always let me in there and taking uh, all their photos and stuff like that. They're always been supportive of my photography and my video work, so big shout out to them. All right, let me shut this off. Who keeps bothering me? Um, but with that being said, you know, I, I want to go ahead, take the time out right now to thank Mike for, you know, taking the time out to see me. I drove about an hour and a half to get down to Kendall with traffic and everything just to sit down with him and check out his gym. It's an awesome spot, it's huge. Uh, hopefully I can get some time to go down there one day and train with him. I know he's just a wealth of information. If you guys don't know who he is, take the time out to look him up on YouTube. He's got some awesome videos of past fights, bare knuckle fights. He's had a, a super fight with uh, ATT Jiu Jitsu head coach Pahumpa. Um, you know, it was a great match. Pahumpa definitely is one of the best grapplers um, to have ever done it and probably one of the pioneers of, of MMA and Jiu-Jitsu, uh, one of the old school guys. But I think with that being said, let's get started. So it is my pleasure to introduce you all to my good friend, Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt, MMA badass, and one of the best referees to do it, Mike Cardoso. Breaker, breaker, 10-4 is Crazy Kudo, Crazy Kudo, over. 
Jiu-Jitsu podcast today finally after months of asking and figuring out schedules we got the man on here MMA ref Jiu-Jitsu black belt and uh, Valley Tudo legend Mike Cardoso hello everybody nice to meet you uh, Mike thanks for finally doing this I know we talked about doing this for a while we got a uh, the mascot in the house as well Boudreaux over here you can bring the mic up a little bit closer, step up a little more, just so we get you. There we go. You're good. Um, how are you? Good, good. I'm just excited to do the interview. A little nervous, but it should be good. A little nervous. You no. know, first time on, on a podcast, so I'm excited. So you, you're nervous to do a podcast, but not to, to judge fights, not to ref fights. No, because I'm very comfortable there, and you know. As, I've had a lot of experience. You know? <laughs> this is my first time. I love the gym. Could finally get to check out the gym. If you guys are ever down in uh, in Homestead, stop by Cardoso Jiu Jitsu. Definitely and, on in in Kendall. So in Kendall, all right. Anytime you want to train, yeah. you're more than welcome too. Yeah, I gotta I gotta come down here and train with you one of these days. Um, so just to get everybody like kind of caught up, because I feel like as much as we all know who you are. Uh, I think that there is almost like the the secret James Bond side to you as far as like your background. So kind of like give me a background of like where you got started. Okay, background for me. Um, I was doing traditional martial arts when I was younger, like 13, 14 or so. Mm. And then UFC started. Um, their first event was November 1993. And it just, I thought it was amazing. You know, um, the Hoist Gracie with the jiu-jitsu. It took me like two, about three UFCs before I was completely sold. You know, right. I thought a good karate guy with a good reverse <laughs> punch would take him out, you know. But after, I believe it was definitely UFC 4, where he beat Dan, Hend- uh, Dan Severin, 15-minute match with a triangle from the bottom. It just changed my life, and that's just all I wanted to do was jiu-jitsu. And then um, years and years later, I mean, it's my life. It's what I enjoy. It changed yeah. my life. Like literally your life. It's yes. everything that you do. Yes. Here, step up a little closer. Don't be afraid of the mic. It's not so, going to punch you. There you go. So from there, I was training, learning. I started competing. I did some um, MMA fights. At the time, they were the NHB bouts. Did some grappling matches. I've had my school going for about 15 years now. Um, and now I run my school and I officiate bouts for, for the amateurs, pros, and a number of international bouts as well. You actually, if the if the record's right, from what I saw on ShareDoc, you had a seven win. It was like seven and four, but six of those were submission. Yes, that's it. Should be a number more. Yeah, that's wins, what I figured. Yeah, because those bouts were unsanctioned bouts, <laughs> and some of scary cards where there's no inspectors, there's no nothing. The rules, you know. Right. You're told ahead of time that if you by the promoter if. If you participate in these events, you could be arrested. It might be shut down. Are you willing to continue? And, at, you know, I mean, at the time, you're ready to go. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens, you know? So a couple of backyard brawls. A couple. Well, they, I mean, they were, they were 
they were pretty close to back of your balls. <laughs> you know, there was headbutts and very little rules, stomping on the ground. Yeah. The unified rules. The word MMA didn't exist yet, so, you know. But it's like one of those things, like I've been to a couple where like, you know, if there has to be a couple of lookouts outside of the, yeah. the warehouse. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there you gotta be, You got to be a good runner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so how'd you get started with jiu-jitsu though? Like from, just from watching like the UFC fights or like were you already training and stuff by then? Um, I was training in traditional martial arts um, at the time um, and I was teaching them, teaching some kids classes. I was between, I was about 17 when the UFC started, um, give or take. And then I just started doing privates and different classes with, with whatever instructor was around. And at the time, a lot of those instructors, they couldn't make it. Their business practices weren't all there, and they would just come and go. You know, So it wasn't me being not loyal to one instructor. It's some of them st- being here for a little bit, then moving back to Brazil and, and this and that. Um, eventually, I got my black belt from Ricardo Teixeira. Um, he was a black belt with Joe Moreira at the time. And then didn't work out for him here afterwards and he's back in brazil now and yeah and then i've had my own school here and you know been on my own so that's cool that's a good story so let me ask you something just because uh the last couple of weeks i've been kind of uh going on a rant about fake black belts Mm -hmm. have you ever had anyone come into the school pretending to be like a Um, higher belt than they actually no um i have not um I'm familiar with like the the one that made it popular with Junior Alvarez. Oh yeah, and yeah. The other black belt. Um, it's you know I haven't. I don't really, you know, Junior in that situation. I knew known Junior. I taught him from for a number of years before yeah. then. Um, he took it very personal because he's a lot younger, and I understand his point of view. I would have reacted a little bit different because I'm older. Mm. And really, what the guy did or some of the guys do. I mean, they're wearing the wrong color cloth around their waist, really, is what yeah. they're doing. If they don't represent the right rank, I would just pull them in the office and tell them that they need to wear this or that, whatever belt. Yeah. And I wouldn't, um, I don't, it just wouldn't bother me all that much. Yeah. You know? Well, you've had so much experience anyway. Yeah. Like, I, there's more things that bother me than that. You yeah. Know, that doesn't bother me all like that much. Like what? Um, just different things, but that doesn't really bother me, yeah. you know? Yeah, like I was going to say, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to hear, like, your pet peeves in the gym. That'd actually be kind of funny. Oh, and the pet peeves in the gym? Um, just guys trying to hurt each other and, and not making, like, a like a community together. Mm-hmm. You know, here should be iron sharpens iron, a good friendship together. You know, like, when I used to compete, it, I was very nervous and anxious and stuff, and the you know, and competitions aren't for everyone. Yeah. What I enjoyed about the practices were the group, the room together of everyone. The family building of exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I enjoy and that's what I, I try to, um, you know, build in, in my gym and, and all of the gyms are happening all over the world the same way and that's what I enjoy. And then guys trying to hurt each other, trying to be, you know, whatever is what I don't like. That's really the only thing offhand that, yeah. that I don't really You're like. You're bringing it up just a little bit closer. Little yeah, bit you can move closer. it. Like, you can move no, it good. closer. Just, uh, I want to make sure I get all this. I've spent long enough trying to get this happening. Yes. So, how'd you get started in refing? Um, refing. Um, it started with, for me, for the NAGA, the North American Grappling Association, probably 15 years ago. Um, I used to compete for them before as a, as a grappler, and I used to coach and bring my team in somehow it came up to where i refereed um 
And then just one event after another, many, many years later, um, I was still doing it. Probably like 10 or mm, probably like 11 or 12 years afterwards still mm. on a regular. And I, over the time, I did a number of different events. And then as far as the MMA refereeing, one of the, the owner of, of, of Naga one time mentioned in a big group meeting, he goes, he goes, well, when I refereed the UFC, <laughs> and then he, everyone kind of shut up and yeah. it was like oh, okay yeah i mean not name dropping huh name dropping yeah not you know but it was very well done everyone was like whoa yeah and then i remember thinking at that point going hmm i wonder how you referee the ufc i mm -hmm. want to do that so then i inquired about it and um the first step was to to, to referee for the amateurs and i was like okay fine and then i did the amateurs for about five years before I was able to get my foot in the door for the pros mm -hmm. um, because they have the boxing referees and stuff before then, before me. So it's kind of hard to get your foot in the door to referee or really to judge or do anything before because the athletic commissions were so um, there before, you know. And then finally I got into the pros and I've been doing the pros and amateurs now for last I've been doing the pros for about three years now or so. Yeah. I haven't done UFC yet, but I'm real close, so I could use that in a... Yeah, I was going to say, like, by now, like, you should already be up there. I would have liked to do the one in, um, this one in Orlando, but I just wasn't appointed to it, yeah. or assigned to it, I should say, but next one, hopefully. And pretty much, like, any fight that I go to to cover, like, it's guaranteed that you're going to yeah, be there. Yeah, yeah, I like, I like, I make a, a night out of it. I enjoy, I love the sport of MMA. I, I think I'm a good referee from, um... From my experience, I know the rules, I know the fighters, I know how to be fair, and I know, you know, that it's a it's an entertainment sport too, and I'm there to for the safety of the fighters and to officiate the bouts correctly. I mean, I can definitely say it from from experience and from like talking to all the fighters. I think you're one of the guys that like if they know that you're assigned to their fight, that that's not their worry. For yeah, sure, they know they're you. gonna get the right stuff because I've never seen anyone really argue with you on a call. I've, yeah. I haven't seen that. I mean, I've seen people fight you. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that one the other day. Yeah, we'll talk about that one in yeah. a second. But, yeah, I've never seen it. Like, you know, I've never seen you really make a bad call. And for me, on, on my aspect of it, I think I like you as a ref better because you get in my way a lot less than all the other refs. Yeah. For I some reason. To, I try to I try to not have my big butt in front of the camera. I appreciate that, Mike. Yeah, I appreciate so that. I try, that's how I know it's a show. So I try to... I try not to stand in one spot. I try to move around yeah. a lot to not obstruct anyone's vision. Well, I think it's funny because like last time, like last time was the first time that I had a ref literally stand in front of me, and he just stood. But still. he stood there while well, like the guys kept moving. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure. Number one, you're in my way, so that's kind of annoying. You're in somebody's way. Like, and I'm trying to do a job, yeah. so that's one thing. But number two, it's like you're not really getting the angle. Yeah. You know, so well, how I are mean, you? He's probably seeing his best angle and and focusing on what he's seeing and that was my i had that issue as well when you referee jiu-jitsu you just stand there with your arms kind of yeah. crossed and you don't and look at your time yeah, yeah. and then um it, yeah look at the time or whatever just focus on the points or whatever in that in the mma the referee is more like the boxing referee if you ever watch the boxing referees they're I mean, they're just moving all the Dancing. time. They don't, yeah. they don't stop at all. Yeah. And then that, like, for me, that was very difficult because I, I prefer to stand still, <laughs> you know. But I realize I have to move and move to, because I'm obstructing someone's point of view, you know. That's what I always thought was crazy. Like, if you do watch 
some of the the boxing refs, especially back in the day, they were just as agile as some of the fighters. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many like highlights you see, like yeah. the guy's throwing a wild hook and the ref just like ducks oh, it. That's so scary. And that's what was nuts is like Mills Lane. How old was Mills Lane? Mills Lane's the best man. And he was still running around with all these he was guys, like almost pushing his eighty. In yeah. his eighties, he was he was a judge, and his the line I like his line. He goes when he pulls the fighters in, into the middle. He goes he goes. He goes something along the lines of him being fair but firm. Yeah, you know, and he was—he's famous, you know. He was the man. Yeah. I mean, he even had his show. He or did the, the the bout with Tyson and Evander Holyfield. Yeah, where he bit his ear. Yeah, it's one of the most famous, you know, it's DQs so, ever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can't really like, you, I can't really think of any times that he might have made like a bad call. No, I mean, there's a couple like boxing refs. Where you're like, all right, that's kind of, yeah, uh, you're like. We're talking about reps now, not the judges. Judges are totally different. That's I know totally I can't, I can't, thing. I can't give my opinions. You're too deep in the in the industry for me to give my opinions. I don't want to get you in trouble. I but. mean, I I could talk about it. I'm not gonna. You yeah. Know, I just give my opinions on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a hard job, and mistakes are about mistakes happen as far as officiating. Yeah. Um, they shouldn't happen so much as far as um judging, but as far as um, refereeing, you have a split second between, like, for instance, stopping a fight between a fighter jumping up mad and angry and the crowd being angry and a split second them leaving in a stretcher. Yeah. You know, so it's, sometimes it's hard, you know. It's very difficult, and you have to go with your gut and, and not question yourself as far as me, and sometimes you're going to get slack from it, and it is yeah. what it is, you know, and I've gotten slack from it, you know. My main issues have been stopping the fights a tad too short. Right. Because I'm not used to a guy getting knocked out, his eyes rolling back in his head like a slot machine, yeah. falling to the ground, the next punch hitting him and waking him up, yeah, and him just being fine. Yeah, I'm not. That's just. It happens. It happens, but yeah. you know, I'm not used to it. You know, yeah. so, but I've learned, you know, to let it go a second to make sure, you know, to give him a chance, to give him a chance as much as I chance as I, I can. You know, for his safety. Yeah, I mean, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. Like, I that's why I say, like, I don't think I really recall you ever making like a like a call where I'm like, oh, really, Mike? Like, you yeah, like you sure I about that? that? But I mean, there 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 has been some. Like, I remember we did. I want to say it was, it was an XFN card, mm-hmm. and it was back at by EMR where like mm-hmm. one kid got knocked out and he was like out on his feet, but he was still like fighting, but he was out out. Okay. Like and I think I don't remember if that was you refing it or not, but that was like one of the times where I saw I was like, man, this guy is completely out. Mm-hmm. He's out, but he's still on his feet, and it went on for like another minute, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. They all kind of flow into yeah. the bouts. Um, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, there's some. Maybe the referee saw something you didn't see. You gotta yeah. give his, you know. See what but you also know a lot of these guys. A lot. I do know a lot of these guys. A lot. I know a lot of them from when they were just starting out, as far as um, like competitors in the local grappling scene and stuff like that. I know their coaches from their when their coaches were were competitors on the local scene. You know, like color belt competitors. And then I've become friends with all of the teams, and they know they know I'm fair and I'm very friendly with them. And I hope everyone knows because I hug the different teams and. And 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 fist bump with people. They know I'm not biased towards any team. I yeah. don't have a horse in the, in the race or anything like that. I don't really care who wins. I just want to make sure it's a great bout. They perform well, and 
nobody gets taken out in a stretcher. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, they it's you are kind of protecting people from themselves. From themselves or from their coaches sometimes as well. Yeah, the coaches yeah. are definitely can be like out of hand sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. they're they some. I mean, sometimes you you got to know when your fighters had enough and not to throw them back out for another round and yeah you know and I've had that situation before. Did you ref? I don't think it was you that refed it. It was remember the Rob Turnquest fight against Crawl at Titan where his arm got twisted up. I did up. not do that one. No. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. you. But what would you have called that? Because I think like, do you remember that fight? I remember the fight where he got in the scarf hold with the Americana style. Arm yeah, bar. he had like a um, judo armbar almost. Armbar exactly. Um, I mean, I would have called it for a broken arm. You know. Um, the guy was still fighting. He wasn't tapping. He wasn't punching. I've seen the bout many times. Um, the official felt that he was still fighting. I mean, in hindsight, everything's twenty twenty. Yeah. You know, it might have gone a little bit too long, but for me, I would have stopped it. But yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't assigned to that bout. So yeah, it was funny because I remember. I mean, I was the only photographer for that one, mm -hmm. and I was getting all the footage about it. And then the next day. I mean, the forums were just lit up and people were saying all this other stuff. It's like, well, the corner didn't throw in the towel. The corner of his, it was Roger Crawl's son. Yeah. So he didn't throw the corner, he didn't throw the towel on in, in his own son's fight. Yeah. The, by the way, the throwing the towel, that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Now for him to, them to stop the fight, the corners, they need to go to the inspector that's assigned to them in their corner and tell them that they want to stop the fight. And then they will instruct the referee to stop the fight. Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad that you I'm bring that up. I'm not correcting. No, 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 no. I'm just saying it for anyone that's that's listening. I, I'm just glad you, you know. brought that point up because I'm wondering where was your inspector at the last XFN fight for the last fight? Last oh, fight. That you know. <laughs> Hold on. So wait. So to give everyone yeah. to give everyone a little bit of a backstory of what happened, it was the XFN 19 last weekend, last Thursday, Friday. It Thursday. was Thursday. Yes. And. Mike was refereeing the very last bout. The bout ended in about a minute, right? About a minute or so, yeah. But when you went to stop the fight, it did not stop the way it was yes, supposed to. This is the probably my most controversial <laughs> bout, I would say, up to date. And it's ironic because I was very comfortable going into that bout, feeling very confident, feeling very smooth. I've already had a number of bouts that day. Getting very into the flow of it, yeah. you know, feeling very confident, and then um, one the one fighter from Wagner's team, I can't think of his name unfortunately. Um, right now, I've officiated a few of his bouts. Very wild young man, very good fighter. Um, did I mention he was a wild one, by the way? Passionate. Yes. <laughs> um, Here, step up. Yes, he he ends up scoring a head kick, and. I thought that might have been the end of the fight. He kind of slouches over, but it gets right back up. I jumped in to stop the bout. Then he hit him with a hard cross, and he just dropped. And then I jump in, and then the guy's like a zombie. Again, he just stands right back up. Yeah. The, f the fight was clearly over. There was never any arguments about the bout being over. Um, but he just started punching the other guy. Yeah. And then the other guy started punching back, and now the fight's over. But they're still going. Yeah, and I've had a lot of martial arts experience and training, but I've never had to be in the middle of two trained fighters 
stopping them from fighting and trying to protect one that just got double knockout, yeah. you know, before. And in, and then the, the, the cage, the people that were assigned to the cage, um, did not open the door. So it was just me and them for what seemed like forever. Yeah. They fighting, definitely. <laughs> all three of us. It's a little embarrassing. Um, you know, and in, in their defense, the, the, the cage workers, I've, Explain to them very clearly, do not stop, do not open the door until I say open the door. Mm. And then that's kind yeah. of what happened. So then everybody's trying to get in, judges, inspectors, refereeing, ev- everyone, and they weren't able to. So yeah, it's just well, that's that why like, I thought it was like super like shocking. Like I definitely saw it in your face. You're like, what the hell is going on? Yes. At one point, even I sat up and yelled like somebody go in there and help them. Yeah, because I don't think. You did your job, and granted, for them, it's really kind of at that point they're so heated, they're so like like adrenaline yeah. up. So it's, and he he's got to protect himself because he did knock him down. The other dude, I guess, he just got too. He probably got upset with the way that like the the guy was talking to him, so he shot right back up, even though he was knocked out. So I think it was more like a heat of the passion thing because I remember the first thing I said to you afterwards was like I'm surprised you didn't like disqualify him for that. You know, I thought about I thought about it quickly, but it wasn't the right decision because one, the bout was already waved off by me, and then for me to turn around and disqualify him after such a dominant victory would have been um, inappropriate. I felt, you know. Um, I spoke to him afterwards. I mean, he claims that the guy punched him first. I mean, I see that, you know. Yeah. But he also, I also know that he had to have known that the guy was was knocked out. Yeah. You know, so I know where. he should have. Um, he should have backed off. All he needed to do was back off. I was in the middle of them. Yeah, <laughs> and under them at one point. I think I have a photo. Did you see the photos? I did not see. The I think photos. I, I think I have a photo. To see the photos. No, but, you look. You didn't do anything wrong for sure. That's then, why. Like after you explained it to me, after like it makes sense to me because. The way it would look just in the in the heat of the moment, it's like, oh, well, he's got to get disqualified. But it, it was the fact that, you know, he knocked the kid out. The kid did grab his legs and kind of like punch him while you were stopping it. He did hit him. I don't think he hit him in the face, but he hit him in the stomach. So the kid kept is going. That, I, I have not seen the, the footage. It was so... I, is yeah. that... They were so close to each other yeah. when it when You it were started. sandwiched in for sure. Yeah, I was like right in the middle of them. And I wasn't like... It wasn't like I was defending myself or yeah. them. And I was just way out of position. Yeah. I was right in the middle of them. It was yeah. really bizarre. And then I've never had a situation where normally it's you stop one fighter from from beating up another fighter when the fight's over. Yeah. Never both fighters. From beating each other up. From beating each other up and not stopping. And I remember thinking, is anyone going to help me here? Yeah. <laughs> I tried. I tried. I, I tried. tried. I know you tried. <laughs> I tried for sure. Yeah. But I'm just a camera guy. I got to yeah. keep my mouth shut. My wife was there. She was doing the timekeeper. She was about to throw the hammer into the <laughs> into the cage. You imagine if she did that? Oh, man. That would have been a disaster. But she was like, somebody get in there. Somebody get in there. And then, I mean, it was the main event. It was a great bout. XFN's a great event. Yeah. And, you know... It made for a, a great ending to the night. I, I yeah. think it was exciting for everyone. A little, I feel it was a little embarrassing on my part. The next time that fighter competes again, I'm going to have a little talk with him. <laughs> um, for no, you know, just for that type of stuff not to happen again. And yeah. MMA is a crazy sport. And 
things yeah. happen. I I think that was the first time that's happened that I've seen. I've I've never seen seen that like to that extent. I mean, I've seen fighters like get in each other's face after the fact and talk trash, but never that. That's why I say like I wouldn't I wouldn't say like it's a embarrassing for you at all. If anything, it should be embarrassing for the for the people outside of the cage because they didn't do their job in helping you do yours. Yeah. But I mean, I think at the end like I would I would agree like after you explain it to me I mean I would agree that that was the the proper call just because all that happened after you stopped the fight so yeah. it wasn't like he just kept punching even yeah. while you were there like he was down yeah. and, and just and then I don't think yeah exactly you know it just happened post fight and the adrenaline he just finished knocked him knocking him out I don't know what happened I don't know what transpired prior to the bout if there was any personal um like animosity trash talking, yeah, yeah trash talking between them. And then, I mean, I, I understand it. I've, I've been there. You know, you get emotionally invested in the bout, you know. And I think part of it was for, he was trying to make a show. Yeah. Too. That's. And he I mean, definitely he, put he, on a show. He definitely put on a show. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, though. Actually, you know, I was talking to, to a couple of guys after the, the Czech guy. Like, I apologize. I don't remember his name. But it was mm -hmm. like a group of three or four guys. And they all fought. They all fought. They yes. all came to the fight without a coach. They yes, got they like they coach each other. Yeah, they all yeah. coach each other, and they like all lost. So like one guy lost, and then he had to go corner somebody else. Yeah, that alone is tough. I mean, they had a hard, they had a hard night. Yeah, for them. Yeah. And so like I sat there and thought about it. I was like, man, I give them credit. That takes balls. That takes a lot of balls to sit there and say like, okay, well, I just lost, but now I'm gonna focus on your fight. We're gonna get you through yours. So I give them credit. Like I'm sure they they probably came out of that night a lot closer. As teammates and friends, yeah, it was sure. definitely a rough night for them because, like, you'll see it. Like one guy's cornered the other dude, and he's got all bruises and scratches on his neck. It's like, man, yeah, like I think I remember taking notice of that as well. Yeah, like one of them got like knocked out at the beginning. I remember that was the one that you and I were talking about. Like, if I was like too close or not, I think you stopped it at the perfect time. The first bout yeah. where I stopped it early. Yeah, no, from the, a, where he was back mounted and he was no, punching he was him from the he was yeah 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 he was yeah. like he was already on the top and he was just punching him like that's why like I don't think that was an early call yeah, at all. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, the the promoter of XFN Daniel felt it was a little soon. Um, he spoke to me about it. I didn't argue with him, but he didn't see what I saw. I could yeah. tell that the fighter was done fighting for sure. You know. And I'm there to protect him. Any anything more? The bout wasn't going to be changed. He wasn't going to rally back. Yeah, he was just going to take a few unnecessary punches. And I, I could tell when, from my experience, I could tell when the fight is over. When the fighter doesn't, he's not game anymore. He doesn't have yeah. the will to fight anymore. Now he's just defending himself, protecting himself, and it's just. Well, you could over. tell too from like from the opening like scramble. Like he, the the guy threw a leg kick that landed flush on the stomach, and once I heard like the power of that kick, I'm like, oh, this kid's fucked. Yeah. Like that's a hard <laughs> hit. But let me ask you, yeah. do you, like knowingly, like do you give pro guys more of a fighting chance than the amateur guys? I'm supposed to, as an official, mm -hmm. um, I have to, I have to know that these are amateur bouts. For instance, it's not worth it. Well, it's not that it's worth it. It's that you have to stop the fight sooner because they're amateur fights. You're told to stop the fight sooner, right? You know, than pro fights. Pro fights, you let it go a little bit longer and give them a chance. Um, I mean, every case is a case by case difference. It's, uh, it's my opinion again um, on when I should call the bout or, or not, whether I should give the guy a chance, and I just kind of look at it and 
just decide based on on that. I try to look at a lot of different factors. You know, I try to look at them when they're before the fight and they're like before the rounds. I like to look at them in between the rounds to see how they're doing, see how if they're listening to their coaches, if everything's okay, and I just decide it's a split second call when you know I'd rather I'd rather err on the side of caution yeah. and stop about here or there too soon. And let it go too long, and the guy, you know, yeah. get really hurt. So, do you ever go back, like in your mind, and think of like your fights, and like this guy cut me off way too soon? Um, no, I never think about that. No, yeah, no. I, I feel like you're lying to me here no, a little bit. No, I, I was thinking about it when you spoke about it. I go, no, it just never occurred to me. Yeah, you know? no, I'm just there in the moment, just seeing what's going on and 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 what and and looking. Look, yeah, that's, that's my funny. dog snoring that's right funny. now. Um, uh, don't worry, you're good. Um, just calling the bouts the way I see them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and fairly. You know, I feel I don't have any bias, and I feel, you know, I, I love MMA. I love the sport. I like to be involved in the, be the third man in the cage. It's the best seat in the house. Um, and that's it, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I have, like, the fourth best seat. <laughs> I get, I think I get, well, you like. Have, you have, well, if I have the third best seat, yeah, you do have yeah. the fourth seat. Because you you circle around to take pictures. As yeah, well. yeah, I'm all, I'm always there. Like I have to get in there. But Some, you're not at one spot. You're moving around. Yeah, I try right? I so try to move around as much better, as I can. Sometimes yeah. it's not it's not doable, but I try to. And I think it's funny because sometimes I have the worst seat in the house when mm -hmm. they get pushed up in the cage. They're right in my yeah, face. You can't like, see anything. Well, I can't yeah. see anything, and then like I literally have like just people's butts in my face, and then I have to be careful. There's been tons of times where guys get hit, and I just get sprayed with blood. Like, that's the tough yeah, part. Yeah, that's the tough one. Yeah. So you always, like, if you catch me in between rounds, you'll always see me, like, looking down and making sure it's not on my camera, it's not on me. Yeah. That's just out of my own paranoia. Yeah. But. It, that That's part of the sport, unfortunately. It happens. It definitely happens. But, I mean, I've also seen some funny stuff just happen in the, in the cage from my angle. Like, um, I think you refed uh, Shorty Torres against Frank when he lost his tooth. I did not do that bout, actually. Um, but I was cage side. And um, for anyone that did not see the bout, they were in... Um, Shorty was on top of them, him, and I believe half yeah. guard or so, or full guard. Yeah, full guard. And then the fighter reached in his mouth, grabbed his tooth, and threw it in a... Take that back. It wasn't Shorty. It was Andrew Whitney. It was oh. Andrew Whitney against Frank. That's what it was. Okay, yeah. That was the fight that where he ended up punching the ring girl. Yes, that was yes. that one. <laughs> that was a, another famous bout as well. It's that same. It's that same, same bout. Card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he grabbed his tooth and threw it in a huge wine arc out of the cage and fell on the floor. Yeah, it hit me. It did it hit you? Yeah, oh yeah, it yeah. hit me. I have a photo of it. I have yeah. a photo of it. Like That's one crazy. of the guys holding up the tooth, and then he's saying crazy. like, "I told him to take that tooth out. It breaks every time." It's like. How yeah. often does this happen, man? Yeah, how often do you get hit in the mouth? But I remember seeing like the metal wires and stuff on the inside. I was like, damn. Yeah. That's a... Did you give it back to him? I think so. I think we gave it to like his cornerman. Like, oh, here you yeah. go. Do something with that. You didn't give it to the tooth fairy? No. No. I don't think she takes metal. <laughs> I don't think she takes scrap metal. But yeah. that was a crazy fight. Crazy fight. And then the poor ring card girl. She's probably her first MMA event. Is there, you know. She took it. She took it like a champ. She took it like a champ. But the funny part is, I remember she, she got was, a little wobbly afterwards. But she at first she took it. Yeah, but the funny part <laughs> is like she was she was super pretty. She was a yeah. really really pretty girl, 
And then as soon as she got hit, all of a sudden, it was all these ro- like Robin Hood, like Captain Heroes coming in, like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, yeah. there's there must have been like 10 dudes trying yeah. to like be her, like, shining white That's knight. Funny. Yeah, now when I officiate bouts, um, I always talk to the ring card girls and I tell them, hey, this is one in a million thing that could happen. But <laughs> a couple just, of feedback. <laughs> yeah, just avoid the fighters. Yeah, just, especially on decisions and yeah. just stay away from them a little bit. Oh, man, I just remember it making its rounds. Oh, it was like everywhere. a world star everywhere. Yeah, you know what? I was afraid this one, my last bout was going to be on world star the next day. I was like, oh, <laughs> Don't say no. that. Now it's going to end up. Yeah. You no. Know? Was... But yeah, that was so crazy, you know, and. He just didn't think she was there. He was upset about the decision. And he just hit her in the face by accident. He you know? that was a full full blown 360 like yeah. right hook. Luckily to the face. he was a 135 pounder or 145 pounder. If it was a 200 pounder, oh, would have taken her out. Yeah. She definitely she definitely took it. She that was hard. If anybody wants to just go back and look at it, just look it up. Like Ring Girl gets punched in the face and it'll yes. pop right up. Fighter punches Ring Girl in the face on Google. It's pretty <laughs> There's no other one. It's yeah. the only one. <laughs> so, how much like is really left for you to get into like uh, officiating UFC? Um, it's just whenever the next UFC is. I'm only um, it kind of works by state, mm-hmm. so I need to wait for the next one in Florida to happen. You know, which hopefully is the the next one. I'd like to. And you know, they had um, they used from Florida George Alonzo and um, gosh. Um, can't think of his name right now. It's on the tip of my tongue from Northern Florida. Andy Glenn, which are both very good referees, yeah. very experienced referees. Andy Glenn and Alonzo have been refereeing for years and years. So, Do you feel that it should be a requirement for refs to have fought or at least train? Um, they need to have experience before they step in a cage, yes. Fight, not necessarily. Like, I mean, but experience somehow in in the sport you know so they they just know you know but i mean i'm not just one to say they have to fight because that's uh-huh. you know do they have to have fought before the judge you know i mean i don't know you know i mean they just need to have experience and know know the rules and but do you feel that like the, the best helps, judges sure. are the ones that have that past experience of actually competing um Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it's the, it's how well they're able to score rounds. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly not that hard of a job, to be honest. All you do is score 10 or 9 or 10 or 8 or, or, or whatever. I mean, I know it's more complicated than that, but if you're experienced enough, you should know who won that round. You yeah. Know? I mean, but some rounds are very close and it's hard. It's not well, that easy. It's tough, especially when... I think more towards the beginning of the popularity of the UFC when you had so many boxing judges. Mm-hmm. Like, that was an issue like, before. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, you and I know that someone's like getting like taken down is doing a lot of the work, but yeah. then they see someone doing jujitsu and they don't realize they like don't really the advantage, that, yeah. or they don't understand the leg kicks either and yeah. how much impact they do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I see what you're saying. Yes. But I I know of judges that are very competent that I've never fought. Yeah, you know there there are a couple, so, you know, and then there's some that are, I don't know what fight they're watching. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and I'm not. That's not my job for me to say. Yeah, um, you know, 
to correct one. And I'm not very confrontational in, in, as far as that. I just worry about doing my, my job well and let the pieces fall where they may. I'm not one to, to critique anyone on, on any referee or any judge, in my opinion. But what about the other way around? Like fighters? Me? Well, oh. like fighters, like critiquing the. Like pretending like they were like referees and like refereeing a fight just so they can see it from a different point of view. I don't understand your question. Like, do you think it would be beneficial for like a competitor, like a jujitsu competitor, to act like a like a ref or like a judge? To say what he would do. Yeah, to see like so they can understand because you guys get all kinds of verbal. Yeah, you beating. get a lot of slack. Yeah. Um I mean, that's fine. They're going to be everyone. Everyone's opinions, you know. Everyone's you know, <laughs> everyone's got everyone's uh, opinions. They're like assholes. Everyone has one, you know. Yeah. Um, that's fine. Um, I don't really mind. I'm very easygoing. I don't really. If I make a mistake, I make a mistake. I mean, I'm, I'm I man up to it, you know. Yeah. Um, do you like? What does it take for someone to get started in refereeing? In refereeing, I would suggest them to have um, before refereeing MMA. Yeah, just I like was, in general, like even just like a jujitsu match, like or to become like let's say let's do it this way. If someone wanted to take your path and they want to end up becoming like a UFC like ref mm -hmm. what would there be I would like their do, steps I be? would do a, I would do the local grappling scene because the grappling is the hardest aspect of the MMA to to understand as an official um, the boxing's pretty obvious you know and the kick the kickboxing I mean you but the submissions and and things like that could be a lot more complicated in the positions and, and takedowns and whatnot um I mean, I would have them do um, local grappling tournaments, and before they officiate, for them to table work at these events. That way, they just score keep. So that way, they know they watch the referee and know how his procedures on 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 when to stop bouts, when to score, when to do this, how to deal with penalties, and so forth, and get a lot of experience from from doing that, and eventually do a bout or two where you're um, shadowing. A more experienced referee so if there's an error on your part the referee could just wave it back and say you know say that the actual score was what or another and then eventually either do that and or kickboxing or boxing at the same time or both you know i don't have much experience doing boxing bouts just because it was nothing something that never interested me um or kickboxing bouts i've done a few amateur ones but not at an extent yeah. and then just move up to doing um, to doing amateur bouts. You know? So is that something where like you go through a whole almost like a job application kind of thing or how does that work? Um, no, you could apply for for a local grappling team. That, I mean, a local grappling circuit, any of the. But I the, mean, the like the, an actual like sanction, like for like, yeah, like a like say if you wanted to be part of like the Florida State Athletic Commission, you have to you have to apply for a license on, online. And then they give you a, a, a license saying that you're a professional um, referee. Um, I'm going to show you mine. There's mine. Yeah. You know, oh, so it's you. like a kind of like a driver's license type. You yeah, know, yeah, that's yeah. saying you're a sanctioned referee. And then um, then you officiate bouts and see how you go. You know? But say, like, say I could just go and apply. I don't need to have like a, any kind of like pass. It's whether like you get approved or not. Right, you have to have your ex you have to show your experience, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and 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 whatnot. Yeah, know? that's crazy. I just want to make sure that like yeah, they can't no, just like no, give them no, away no, for like no, everybody. No, you know, no. it's it's hard. Not it's, you, and I'm not hard. saying you. No, no, no. It's, it's hard to get your for the professionals. It's very difficult to get your um, foot in the door 
for me it took me about five years to do it you know? yeah and then i had experience but you were before. you were putting in the work too yeah i was doing a lot to try to get in and 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 everything i did a lot to to get in i put i put oh, wow. like a resume and stuff like that of different um different ranks i'm showing you some of the yeah some of so my, he's got like things. this he's got like a portfolio notebook binder of everything like one of america's top referees i like the naga shirt Thank so you. that's Thank old you. school that's my favorite one uh kip cole it's a kip kohler signature series so jujitsu those are some traditional martial yeah, arts yeah. that's my application for that was my pretty much application when i spoke to the the commissioner Pembroke Pines Judo Club. Yeah, see for sure. Different oh, check out the old school different. photos. I like these. So there's like some old school photos of Mike doing what he yells at other people not to do. Right. Jumping on the right. fence after the fight. Right. That's funny. You could jump, and for fighters, you could jump on a cage after the decision is called. Okay? Don't do it before the decision is called. Wow. Please tell me you're going to post this photo. I haven't, but that's old school. That's. There's funny. a photo. Him of, and I. Him and I competed on the same card one time in one of the ADCC events many years ago, probably 2001 or so. We had the same locker room, and we were slamming corn and tool music. Yeah. And he was in the same locker room, and I was like, is this, is this bothering you? You know, because we could turn it yeah. down if it's bothering you. And he's like, he's like no, no, I, I like it. I like it. It was probably <laughs> 2005, actually. Well, the funny part is... It's you with Marcelo Garcia, Marcelo with like curly hair. Right. So I'm sure he's going to miss like that yeah. if I showed that. But <laughs> if you look in the background, Laborio, you got him a little cut off, but there's Laborio yeah. in the background. That's so crazy. And then it's funny too, because I, uh, I was telling you about it. I was looking at um, your highlights and then I found the, the super fight you had with Pahumpa. Pahumpa, yes. So is yeah, that... I, I, I competed with him earlier, earlier on on... Um in ATT's development when they were just got put together. Yeah. And it was our team um, against their team. My team was the Freestyle Fighting Academy at the time. Theirs was just newly formed ATT. Yeah. Um, and we had, I believe, two bouts. I lost both of them on points, I believe. Yeah. It was just a little too much for me at the time. You know, a good, great competitor, good guy, you know, very good coach, you know. Would you I ever want to run it back? Um, no, because I'm too heavy now. <laughs> I could never make a weight class for him again. I've gained a... I don't cut weight anymore. Yeah. You know? That'd be so. cool, though, if you guys did, like, a little exhibition match. Oh, is that who I think it is? Yes, that's the man with the plan, Elian Big E. Oh, man. I gotta... Elian is actually one of another, like, he's huge... A, he's a very, very good referee. Yeah. I mean, not referee, uh, a, a judge. judge. Um... And I remember him. I remember watching fights with him. I've, I've known him for twenty some years. Wow! And I remember being at his house watching like Trinidad fight, um, De La Hoya years yeah. ago, and him being and way before ever thinking about judging or refereeing fights, and him going, being like, "Yo, doggy, De La Hoya won <laughs> round six, seven, and eight, uh, doggy," you know, and yeah, yeah. Him being like not really caring, you know, and yeah. and him scoring. He's like, yo, Dougie, the score should be 112, uh, 105. <laughs> you know, and him knowing all of the whatever, I don't even know. I can't, yeah, I yeah. can't add past round five, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But somehow he knows all 12 rounds, you know, all of the scoring. And then him, I just remember him being right on a lot of those scores at the time and being like, wow. And then years later, he's, he's officiating bouts 
you know, for amateurs, pros, and and him and I do some international bouts in Aruba and, yeah. and the Dominican Republic as well. Good guy, yeah. funny guy. He rubs people the wrong way sometimes. Well, he's, he's very honest. Yeah, he's a very honest person. That's so what it, it does. Is. He refed like I think one or two of my jujitsu bouts like early mm-hmm. on in like uh, in the new breed stuff, and he was always fair. Yeah. He was always fair. I never had like any problem with him. I think, I think it's some of the other guys. Like I know that when I see them, like oh man, please don't be judging like my fight. Yeah, please. you know, I I appreciate when fighters come up to me and say that to me, um, especially before the bout. They they want um, me to do some of their fights, and it make it, it just makes me happy that they they, yeah. they want that. Well, it's a trust. Uh, it's definitely a yeah. trust. I mean, but I, I mean, I, I'm nasty with some of them too. You know, I bitched out a bunch of them. I mean, if you do, just because we're friends doesn't mean that, you you know, you could pull any, you know, I know. Come up, come up to me. I know for every rule, there's people trying to fuck the rule. Yeah. And I'm looking for that, you know, the whole time and, and I'll call you out on it, you know? Um, And then, yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, that's why I say like, you, you've definitely been like one of the more fair guys that I've seen. Like, I mean, I've seen you be super lenient on certain guys. And then like, as far as, as like when they're making mistakes, mm-hmm. it's like, like okay, grabbing it's, the fence type. Yeah. Like the grabbing the fence type. Like, That's what you mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very lenient on the grabbing the fence because, um, I'm not a huge fan of the 10 point must system. Yeah. I don't think it's the best, um, way to score bouts, at least MMA bouts. Um, I don't have an answer of what the best way is, but I don't think that is the best way. And I feel taking a point away um, in a three-round bout is huge, you know, for grabbing the fence when sometimes you grab the fence instinctually and there's no advantage of it, Yeah, you know. So, I mean, I've been critiqued on that one before because I, I'm not a referee that likes to take points away usually. It has to be a severe... Um, infraction to where it especially one that hurts the other opponent by just grabbing and holding the guy against the fence is not enough for me to um, yeah. take a point away like they're still ended up getting pulled up on the fence and yeah stuff. i mean if they stop one takedown maybe if they stop two then it's I'm different if they were like it. holding while the other person's like yanking them away they're literally in the yeah. air and he's just holding on but now what do you, do you feel that's enough to take a point away then i think for me Obviously, I'm not the ref here. Mm-hmm. I think I'm also an asshole. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, you get one warning if it happens again. and be like super quick. Mm-hmm. Like you guys, like some people are like that when it comes to like to the nut shots. Other people mm-hmm. are like, okay, that was an accident. That was an accident. Like, okay, get the warning. But the second time, just do it. Yeah. But then I'm saying. super like strict on it. Then again, I've never actually refed anything. Yeah. So like I don't see it a million times like you do. Yeah, that's why. Like, remember, I was asking you the other day with like the Hector Lombard fight mm-hmm. at the UFC. It's like, why is that not like a point? And then he got DQ'd for it. Yeah. So it's um, like that situation with I believe his, the referee's name is Mark Smith. Um, okay, he I've watched the fight numerous times. Um, that one. I mean, Hector was in the middle of a combination. He just got kicked. He got kicked when the buzzer went off, and he threw the one-two from a southpaw stance and yeah. clocked him. Well, you and I both know that's already that was already pre-programmed in his head like five seconds before. Like it's not like he heard the buzzer. Oh, that's down. Like one-two. Maybe he didn't hear the buzzer. Yeah, buzzer. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I get like that's the rule, but I think at the end of the day, like CB Dalloway was gonna lose anyway. 
but it sucks that Hector got like disqualified. Yeah. I think it's that's like the fine it, line that like, um, it comes well. Like, how okay. would you have called that? Now, okay, how now, okay. My only again, everything in 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 hind, I'm not one to critique a referee because we all make mistakes. And, yeah. And just like the fighters make mistakes and get knocked out, the referee could make a mistake. Um, How would you call that fight then? Okay, one thing is when when he calls time, he needs to dart in with his arms stretched out to stop things like that, yeah. which he did not do that. He, okay? Yeah, he was like five feet but, away. Because it's scary, Hector Lombard. <laughs> if he would have hit him, I mean, he would have definitely knocked me out, you yeah. know? So... Um, that's dangerous, you know, um, but that's what he has to do. He has to come in with his arms stretched out in between them to stop any more blows. Not saying time is just not enough. Um, now, once he got hit, then the the buzzer already rang, so there's no calling time. Now it's whether CB Dalloway could continue or not. He had up to five minutes to continue, I believe. I think so. And... If he cannot continue, which he was deemed that he couldn't continue, now this is where the call comes in. It's the referee's call whether he felt it was intentional or unintentional. Okay, And from discussing, from what I understand, he discussed it with other commission members, um, whether he, they felt and it was intentional or unintentional. If it was intentional, if it was unintentional, it would have been called a no contest. Excuse me, because it was at it was at the end of the first round. There's no scorecard to go to or anything like that. If he felt it was in, intentional, it was disqualification. The final call was he felt it was intentional. DQ. I could have leaned. I would be leaning more towards unintentional, unintentional and uh, no contest. Yeah, I would definitely like agree with that because at you know? the in the heat of the moment, it looked like oh, like he totally did that on purpose. Yeah. But then, I think. Maybe the old, old Hector Lombard would have been, like, an intentional thing. But, like, I think from meeting the guy a bunch of times, like, I don't think that was intentional at all. Mm -hmm. I think the way that I see it is, in his mind, he was already throwing that combination. Yes. It was already planned in his head, like, just yep. one, two. One, two. Just one, two, it's there. And then the, the moment came up, the, the switch flipped. It's like, mm -hmm. that's when and you throw it. And caught him perfect. And yeah. then they're saying that, that Dalloway relaxed. I don't. That's think on he, him, though. That's on him. Until yeah, until you literally times. get split, like you can't. Yeah. Like I had that happen to me at a at a new breed. The lights went out and <laughs> during the middle, like the last maybe minute of the match, the lights went out. Yeah. So we just kept going. We just yeah, kept going. Fine. Going. Buzzer stopped, and the guy just double leg speared me right in. Obviously, like I'm heated. He gets heated. Mm -hmm. Like we like almost get into like a fist fight. But what at the, the end call? of it, nothing that like the ref didn't disqualify us anyway or okay, whatever. Okay. Like, but there was I, no points for that takedown or no, anything. Yeah, no. Okay. So it's like okay, like I get it. it. Like I made the mistake that I got heated. I apologize to the guy, but it's like I should have still been ready to stop. Like I just stopped because I heard the buzzer. Not yeah. everyone's gonna sit there and be yeah. as aware in this moment as I am, or yeah. vice versa. So I get it. I definitely think it was. It could have gone like to a no contest. I think that would have been the best call. But look at how they had, remember, like, how Paul Harris was just victimized on that. I think he definitely did hold stuff too I long. think so. I mean, it was over and over again. Yeah. And it one wasn't time, just one time is, yeah. is one thing. But over and over, I mean, I don't think I don't think he's really all there, to be honest. Yeah. And I think 
when he gets into a combat state there, his adrenaline and everything is so high that he's just not there. He's just on fight or flight mode and just fighting. And unfortunately, it's very dangerous for the I, sport, and especially one of the most dangerous. One of them, he is the most dangerous leg locker in MMA, and yeah. using the most dangerous submission there is in MMA. Not good. It's yeah. Not good. And he should be fined, penalized, disqualified. And is he even still fighting anymore? I don't think he so. was. I believe, um, I don't want to say the word kicked out. There, I'm sure there's a better word from it, but he's but kicked out of UFC. He was definitely fired, kicked out of the UFC. Yes. And I think he went to Bellator. He went to Bellator. He fought a few of them. And then I know he fought um, Jake Shields where he did the same type of thing. And I don't I re- know if he's still fighting. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I remember because I remember when he like got switched over to Bellator Steve Coker um, made it very clear. He had like a whole like press conference saying like I told him straight up like absolutely none of that stuff. If he does it even once, he's out. Yeah. So I think he did get like booted out of the yeah. out of Bellator because of it. Yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully he's doing all right. But I'm like I haven't yeah, heard I mean, about him whereas, forever. I mean I haven't either. You know I know he did that Polaris bout with um, with Gary Tonin. Yeah. Um, there was no infractions or anything of the rules there. He never really caught Tonin really good with a heel hook for that situation to happen. Um, Gary won that one. Yeah, I believe it was a decision. It was, was a it? draw, I believe. In Polaris, they don't have judges. Yeah. If they don't go, if they go to the time limit, then it's a draw, yeah. which, I mean, is not very exciting for the fans. You want a winner, um, so I think it was called a draw, which from everyone feels that that Tonin got the better of it. Yeah, you know for sure. I would agree. Do you um, do you enjoy the uh, the new kind of movement towards like combat jujitsu? Um, it's grown on me. At first, I wasn't a fan of it so much, but I mean, I don't. I pref- I, I mean, I like jujitsu. Just plain jujitsu. Um, I like the EBIs. I like all of the um, the pay per view. Um, no, I like the points. I like the no points. All of the system. I'm a huge fan. Um. The combat jujitsu is interesting. It opens up different submissions. It's a step up from um, from straight grappling to MMA or from MMA step down um, to striking. It's interesting. It makes for some fun bouts. You know, Have I've you never officiated. I've uh. never. I've I've never officiated one yet. It doesn't seem too hard, but <laughs> <laughs> I'd be curious to, to to see you do one. Yeah, I so have not. I you know what? I'm wrong. I actually I, I am wrong. I did one at the XFN during their intermission. They had one. This past one. Yes, that was you, right? That, yeah, was, that was me. You. I did. Yeah. I did do one. But there but wasn't any really slaps. I think like I think there was, it was a few Ryan, little slaps, but yeah. there was not. They they were trying to do it. So there was a few little slaps, but it wasn't a lot. Yeah. Um. And there wasn't any of the starting from spider web or from the back afterwards. Yeah. That's what I'm not f- so familiar with as far as the rules because I haven't officiated one just yet. Yeah, it's weird the way that they do it. It's kind of like you decide who is goes it a coin first? toss or is it a I saw one that they did paper, rock, scissors. Yeah, I think that they, they <laughs> just kind of like decided the way that they want to decide it. And then it comes down to you picked a position. It's mm-hmm. like if you want to start in spider web or armbar or whatever to the back take. Mm-hmm. And then they'll do um, the amount of time it takes for you to escape. To submit them or escape. Right. Yeah. So like if you submit, you automatically you get that one. The other person gets a chance to try and get the submission back faster. They have to get, a, they have to get the submission right. back faster. So then it's like they take the escape time. For three rounds, I guess, and then they added that add that up, and whoever has 
the fastest escape time. Yeah, sometimes win. sometimes it's in three, I believe, in the finals. But yeah. in the semis and quarterfinals, I believe it's only one round. Yeah, you just got to keep one the one. thing moving. Yeah, to keep the, to keep the yeah. event moving. Otherwise, yeah. you'd be there I mean, like all day. All day, all day. I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting. I like it. So when are, when are you going to do another jiu-jitsu tournament? Oh, me? No, I'm done. I'm, I enjoy officiating the bouts. I enjoy rep, uh, training just for fun. If I want to train, I train. If I don't want to train, so I don't. And the cutting weight for me is is done. <laughs> I'm done. What's the worst weight cut you ever had? Um, I mean, I used to compete at 135 and stuff, and it was just hard. I was just moody and 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 stuff for long periods of time. And I'm a very somewhat anxious person, and the competitions would get me more anxious. And yeah. it was just difficult for me, you know. So, <laughs> so but like you, what was your average like weight drop? Like 20 pounds? Like over time, 20 pounds. Yeah. Wow. Which was a lot for me at the yeah. time. Not done very properly. Yeah. Old you school. Know, yeah, old like, school. Yeah. Just. Uh, yeah. So actually, you know what? Bringing that up, um, I know you and I talked about with what happened with Gilbert in Orlando. It's interesting with the Gilbert situation. I don't. I want to know who made. The, I'd like to know who made the call and why, because I. It's not. The, it's interesting. I don't completely disagree with the call, but I've never heard of the call being made before. You know, especially so, in Florida. Oh, definitely. Maybe you know what? Maybe it has been made in other states that I wasn't aware of. It has, like they did it in California. They did it in California. And what about? Um, what well, discuss? So for the uh, people that I don't know, what happened in, for Gilbert on his fight night for his his UFC on Fox? I don't remember what the yeah, UFC Orlando UFC Orlando on yeah. Fox TV, um, and the bout he he had a bout contracted at one fifty five. And he came in weighing 186, I believe. Yeah, I think it was. they said it was like 186 or something like that. Him and his team are claiming that he was in the process of water loading um, before the weight cut, which means they drink approximately two gallons of water um, the last week or so. So it flushes out the water on, on, on a regular basis. So what happens when you cut out that water, you just keep on um, urinating over and over because your body thinks that that water is going to come in, so it, it it flushes out the water completely. But he needed to make one fifty five, and he's already two weight classes up. So somebody, the doctor or someone, I'm not sure, they called off the bout. I think they should at least give him a chance to make it. Yeah. But there should be a president, or if, if that's that the right word, what the limit is to start. Yeah. You know. I mean, you can't. What if the? I mean, you can't have him coming in at two hundred to make yeah. one fifty five either. That's Especially excessive. Especially in a week. Um, I think yeah. that they're like they're getting more and more into the ten percent within like the the weight class rule after what 10%, happened. Ten percent. Yeah. yeah. So after what happened with what? Um, the guy from one FC. So what happened was one FC. Like somebody died from the weight cut, and mm-hmm. then one FC automatically changed the rule. Like now they have to like be within that ten percent. Yeah, and they they want to do time. hydration tests and stuff yeah. like that. Which is like I get it, but then you got to be super consistent on that. And how are you going to give hydration tests to over five hundred fighters? Yeah, the UFC so, fighters. Yeah, and that's just UFC. That's just UFC alone. Yeah, one like, FC is doing a pretty good job about it. I know that they cut it. Like a couple of people stopped. I'm ninety nine percent sure there was somebody that was supposed to fight in California. I want to th- say it was someone like Henry Cejudo or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and they said like, no, you're too high over the weight. You can't do it. Cause I know California, I think it's like statewide that that has to be the case for California. But was well, California is what, what, what's that you rule? have to have within the 10% rule, 10% okay. of your, your total weight, weight or the fight weight, the fight weight. You're supposed to like, you can't fluctuate within like 10% just to make the weight. So, so, so let's say in Cejudo's case is 135, I believe, or is it, is yeah, that, I think or is that 135. 125? He's 135. Yeah, so let's say 135. Let's say 135. So you can't be, you can't start at what? How much more? 10% is not much. So that, yeah, so he he has 15 pounds. Like he can be 15 pounds over. So he can be up to like 150, right? I'm doing the math right. So he can't come in at like 155. Yeah, but they're coming in way. He's got to be right. coming in way. So more here's than my thing. So it, Gilbert's never missed a weight cut. Ever. Mm -hmm. And I've seen him personally. I've been next to him making like one of the worst weight cuts to the point where I'm like, dude, are you okay? Like, mm -hmm. if you need help getting out of this thing, like, no one's like, just tell me. Because he looked really bad when we mm -hmm. did uh, UFC Sao Paulo. I was mm -hmm. with him. I was following him. I was filming everything. Mm -hmm. um, so I knew he was fine. He was 100% fine. I've seen him get better yeah, and better. He hasn't on the even cuts. started. Right. So. Really? For him, even if he came in at like 180, like I can't. I think they said it was 186, and he was telling me 176. But even then, I know he can cut that weight super easy. It's only like the last 10 pounds, obviously, that are rough. That's like super tough on him. But he's gotten better on his weight cuts. My thing is like he's never missed weight. You didn't even give him a chance. I would understand that was on like on a Monday or Tuesday. I can understand if Thursday you're saying like, dude, you can't make the weight. Mm -hmm. So what he, from what he told me, and I'm going to get him on the podcast to, to kind of correct Clarify. me, but he came in, he checked out, and then when he, like, uh, when he went to go check in, I'm sorry, they said, let's weigh you in, and he weigh in. It's like, dude, you're too heavy. Like, you can't be doing this. He's like, I just finished drinking two gallons of water. Mm -hmm. Like, give me five minutes. I'll go piss it all out. Like, I'll be good to go. Like, mm -hmm. I'll make the weight. They're like, no, no, we got to call the UFC. So... So they spoke to someone up high up in the UFC. Right. So I think it was a combination between the the commission and the UFC saying like, hey, it's we don't think much. this is safe. This is too much. And the UFC kind of like saying like, okay, which is like, okay, I get it. But then if you look at what happened, what, two weeks before with um, Yoel Romero and Luke Rockhold, Yoel didn't come in, didn't make weight. He didn't even make weight. Right. Luke did. Yeah. And it was supposed to be for the And they still title. had the belt. So now... And I'm sure that wasn't an easy cut, and he just didn't... It's not like he just gave up. I'm sure he tried yeah. like heck to do it. For sure. He, I mean, yeah. he got the call, like, what, four weeks out? Yeah. Not even, maybe three weeks out, and then he's got to do the flight. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's tough. Like, which way are you going to call it? Yeah. You know, if you're going to call it, you have to be consistent across the board. And then you had guys like... Henan Barrow that missed weight a bunch of times, but mm -hmm. he fought on the card. I don't know what weight he came in. I don't know. So it's mm -hmm. just one of those things. Like they have to be like across yeah. the board. I mean, they should need to know before the fighters that that's got to suck for for Gilbert Burns to train so hard. I'm a fan of Gilbert's. Yeah. For to him train so hard and be prepared, and then just something like that a few days before, knowing thinking that you can't compete. For a weight, you know, for something that he didn't even know, you know, and yeah. he probably would have made the weight just fine. I'm know? curious, like, and no, they never. Um, and I'm sure he didn't get paid. I'm sure. I mean, yeah. it's got to suck, you yeah. know. Hey, that's Train a lot for, of money. Yeah, a lot, a lot of money. money and uh, a lot of time, you know, of out of your 
scheduled training to compete and not being able to compete. You know? Yeah, that's that's the tough part, and that's my big and for thing. the opponent too. You know, for and. I yeah, mean, but the they, need, they, they never... need to know. They need to sit down, you know, because I understand for the safety of the fighters, um, excessive weight cutting is dangerous. You know, not just the actual process of them cutting weight that day of, which is dangerous in, in and of itself. For them to go in a cage afterwards and doing one of the most demanding sports afterwards where they're getting punched, kicked, kneed, and, and everything to their head is very dangerous especially yeah. especially for the the lighter the weight class is the more dangerous it is yeah in my opinion for sure it's it's weird i mean it's a lot of work like i said i know that one fc does a lot to keep an eye on everybody and they all mm-hmm. have to do their their weight check and stuff like that because herbert was in uh, in one fc i don't know where he's at like where he's gonna fight now or if he's going back to to one fc or not but it's it's one of those things it's what would your suggestion be for them to fix it? Um, I agree with the idea of... But then there's everyone trying to mess up that rule, you know? I mean, I agree. I, I think 186 or 185 is a little excessive for making 155. But then he would... He, what, what he would do is he would come... In, Gilbert would probably come in at 175, you know... And then make the weight, I guess, you know, but he would probably still be weighing 185. Just whenever he was checked, he would be 185. But, I mean, it's hard to say. And the the hydration tests seem too complicated, seem very complicated um, to to do 500 UFC fighters. Internationally. Plus, internationally, plus all of the other amateur and all the other pro fighters would be, it'd be very difficult to do. Yeah. Know? I mean... It's hard to say, but they need to do something because the weight cutting is excessive and it's dangerous. And how many other deaths do we, you know we don't need anymore? Yeah. And that's one of the main factors of the of the um, deaths in MMA is the excessive weight cutting. Yeah. And fighting right afterwards. Well, especially in the last couple of years, I think you see more. It's happened what like I want to say like three times, four times in the last like four or five years, compared to like you know the last twenty. You think the weight cutting is ha- is happening more now? Yeah, I mean, I well, think no, more Well, no, but more. then also, it's also the level of MMA, too. It's There's higher. more competitors yeah. and more um, excessive weight cutting as well because you're right. I think we're both right in that. Yeah. There's more, but there's more competitors, more events, more fighters. You know, the sport is bigger, and there's probably more weight cutting, like yeah. you were saying, and as more, well. I think it's also more people. It's gotten so competitive that... You need to more wake people, up. yeah. More people are willing to take any Risks. any advantage, any risks that like yeah. necessary. You need to, yeah. I, to compete at a, at a high level, you need to cut weight, especially when, with the money. It's like if you're fighting for that money, it's like, okay, well, I can fight at 185, my natural walk around weight, and I'd be no you okay. Be, you would not be competitive. Yeah, yeah. you need to drop to 155 to be yeah. at the elite level. Like I'm six four, two hundred five. And I'm just obviously I don't have any muscle. But if I sat there and I trained like competitively, I would be the guy going down to 185 with muscle. Yeah. Like yeah. there's no way that someone that's not five not foot eight, five ten, going to like it's I wouldn't fight two or five. Yeah. That's Mike Tyson weight. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I don't need that. You know, like there's no way I could sit there. And, I mean, I've joked around with Vulcan, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. and we'll sit there grappling. Like this guy goes and fights in at two or five. No. Yeah. I'm it's good. Too, too much. Yeah. Too big. Yeah. I had, I remember one time, um, 
back at Jocko and the Black Zillions, uh, my jiu-jitsu instructor, George, like I was taking a break from training Nogi. He's like, oh, Alex, come here. And he was training with Matt Mitrione. Mm-hmm. And wow. he's like, Matt, this was when Matt was training for the Stefan Struve fight. Mm-hmm. He's like, just get like Matt in the half guard. I want you to just hold as tight as you can because he's got to work on something that I'm showing him. I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. This man sprawled. And I knew he was just kind of like, eh. He wasn't like kicking really hard. Yeah. If I was really, really holding on for dear life, he would have just ripped my arm out. Yeah. Straight out of the socket. It's like, no, I'm good. No, I'm not. Yeah. No way. That's why there's weight classes. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no Rough. way. And I mean, granted, he was probably like 250, 245 at the time. Even then. No, I'm not playing with that. Yeah, he's a giant guy. That's why there's the weight classes. And I mean, but you just don't want people to getting hurt trying to make the weight classes, you know? Yeah. Um, Maybe the answer is more weight classes, you know? Do you think that like, but would people still? At some point. I think it's going to happen. You just don't want him every three or four pounds like in boxing. Yeah. To where you don't, then you don't know who, there's so many champions that it takes away the prestige of being champion yeah well then there's going to be like three weight division champions instead of like two because someone can go within that 15 pound like weight limit that's true that's true that's the tough part yeah i mean i think 15 pounds is a lot between weight classes 10 should be the seems ideal for me um that would make sense yeah every 10 pounds every uh, 140 150 160 you know, or 175, 165, 155. It would be more doable in men's than, than women's because, like, the women's divisions are tough enough as it is to have, like, 25, 35, 45. Like, well, I mean, the women, I'm, I disagree. The women right now have 135, 115. They're adding 110, and they have yeah. the 145. It would or be they're like adding the 115. Yeah. So they do have it now. Yeah. Yeah, so now what they would add, they would add the atom weight, which is the 105. Yeah. And then then 155. And then that would make it... Right now they have... In UFC, they have four weight classes for women. They have... Actually, they have... Four, I think. They have the 145. Oh, geez. Get the hell Sorry out of about me. That. No, you're good. Just get the hell out of me. They, um, they have the 145 pound... Um, championship. One, well, they have 145, which is Cyborg's the champion. They have 135, which is Amanda Nunez is the champion. Mm-hmm. They have 115, which is Rose Nama Yunus yeah. is the champion. And now they're making the 125, I believe, yeah. that some of the fighters are going to be fighting in. And yeah, so they have the four. Well, they're bringing, I think they're bringing the girl that just fought um, Cyborg into that one because I think she was the champion at that weight class she was the champion at 135 which yeah. was a terrible bout I must say it was, <laughs> it event. was so bad she just didn't belong in there with Cyborg I don't know why that fight that fight was made or what it was just a mismatch just I think they general. were like just hurting for the card and they needed someone to save the card because they were talking about scrapping it yeah the fight to make is the Amanda Nunez versus Cyborg I, I, I don't want to see Amanda Nunez versus um, Raquel Pennington yeah um, I know she's the like the next. She, I believe I don't know if she's the number one contender, but she's next in line for the one thirty five pound title. But the bout everyone wants to see is the is the cyborg versus Amanda. Oh yeah, Amanda don't worry about the dog. Yeah, so good. But no, I agree. Here, I pause it. I pause it. No worries. Ooh. Hold on. All right, we're back. We just had to to see what was going on. Dog was. Uh, was calling out saying somebody was here so we're back on but um no I, yeah like we were saying the um the weight cut thing is is something that they're gonna have to look at 
But that's something that, you know, it's one of those things we're going to have to see what happens and then find out if it's the right decision or not. I think it's uncharted territory still. It's uncharted territories, and it's, it's, I mean, it's a hard situation. They got to they got to find what the answer is. I don't know what they do in boxing and, and other sports. I know they do some things with wrestling, um, and they fixed um, some of it to where there's no casualties or whatever in, in, in high school and college wrestling. I don't know how that translates over to the MMA, you know, but I know same day weigh-ins is not the answer. Yeah. Um, but they got to figure it out before, you know, anything else happens. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think that might also cause a, a bit of a return to the, to the real super fight kind of, uh, old school pride days where instead of just being in ranks, it's going to be like the fights that people want to see. And then let them decide at what catch weight they're going to do it at. Yeah. I think that's as weird as it sounds. And like as much as it hurts the, the rankings, that's probably the, the honest way of going about or the easiest way of going about like the weight classes. Let them decide for each other. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, but I mean, you everyone wants to see the money fight now or in the two big name fighters yeah. fight, you know? Which is fine. I mean, it's what the, the audience is. It's what the audience and fans want to see. Yeah. And if it's not the title, the number one contender, it's not the number one contender. You know. Yeah. So the super fight I want to see is the cyborg against um, Amanda, Amanda Nunez. Yeah, That's, I agree. That, in my opinion, is going to determine the greatest female fighter of all time, the goat. Yeah. I, if, whoever wins is the goat, in yeah, my opinion. For sure, I 100% agree, and I I think Amanda is probably the only one that's. It's gonna be able to, to deal with her power, deal with the power, and like be able to bring in what Cyborg lacks on the ground and on the takedowns. I think that's gonna be like a big thing, because hmm. I think Amanda's probably a little bit tougher. I mean, look at what happened on the ground. Yeah, mean? I think Cyborg is is. I think she's a brown belt. Mm-hmm. She's a brown belt under By Cobrina. Yeah, but I believe she's a very high brown belt. Yeah, and it's a, she's an MMA fighter. You know, not a. Jiu-jitsu or yeah. sport fighter. That's probably why. But I think that Amanda has the wrestling aspect because the the girl took a cyborg down pretty easily mm-hmm. this last fight. That kind of surprised me. Mm-hmm. And cyborg just let it happen. I think maybe she might have been just super comfortable with it, like just to see what happened. But that was mm-hmm. the one thing that surprised me. That was a surprising little yeah. takedown there. It wasn't. She didn't have to fight too hard for it. She just kind of yeah. went down, and she just went down. I really think the. The advantage that, that Nunez has, I feel, is that her power. Yeah. That right hand she throws, she has real long arms, and she has a good crack on those punches. And I think that's good, the deciding factor. Yeah. And she has, the, she has the, the mental toughness to not be intimidated by Cyborg. A Absolutely. lot of these women already lost at the weigh-ins. Yes. For yes. sure. And the first time they get hit, it's already over. Yeah, I don't blame them. I wouldn't take <laughs> yeah, that hit either. Take a shot from either of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, Michael, we'll wrap this up. Um, thank you very much for doing this and taking up time on this Tuesday. Um, if people want to get in touch with you or want to come and train, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, to go to my website, Cardoso Jiu Jitsu, or um, just Google me. I guess you know. Thank you very much, Alex, for having this um, interview. I appreciate it. I hope it's not the last one. And no, had for a sure. good time. Thank no, you. Definitely, no. Thank you for doing it. I'll definitely get you back on here, and we'll try and do some uh, some more fight recaps afterwards. Definitely, it'll be pretty good. Maybe we'll do some uh, some video fight recaps. 
But again, check out Cardoso Jiu-Jitsu if you're down here in Kendall. Be sure to come harass Mike and ask him all kinds of questions like I normally do. And I guess I'll see you at the, the next fight. What's the next fight you're working? Um, I'm not sure, but I'll see you at an upcoming event, I'm sure. Yeah, hey, if you got another one of those Aruba fights, just go ahead. Uh, okay. Feel okay. free to drop my name if they need a photographer. I'm I'll down for that. You, definitely. Uh, all right, guys. Well, thank you very much for tuning in. And uh, once again, thank you, uh, Professor Mike Cardoso, and we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you again for tuning into the podcast. If you like it, please hit like, subscribe to the iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, whichever one you follow. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you get a chance. If you really enjoy the podcast, please share it. Help spread it. Uh, I'm doing as much as I can to get this out there. I uh, can't thank Mike enough for you know taking the time out and letting me into his gym, stopping everything he's doing he's a busy guy just to come on to the podcast and hopefully I can get him back on soon so we can uh, we can try and do like a regular uh, fight recap it'd be great to hear you know a an actual educated man in MMA and jiu-jitsu um, you know answering questions that I may have or all of you may have uh, post a fight especially when it comes down to referee um, questioning and you know, explanations of the calls, uh, especially now more than ever, people are confused as to why certain calls are being made. So it's always uh, great to have a knowledgeable and experienced referee explain it, you know, so you just don't think you're the uh, the guy at the bar that knows everything. So thank you again to, to Mike. Um, you know, he's a uh, I consider him a good friend, and he's always a blast to hang around with. We always uh, joke around a lot. So hopefully we can get him back on the podcast soon. Also, don't forget to please check out these sponsors for the podcast. Chocaloha. Go to chocaloha.com. Use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Get 20% off your full order. Pick up one of the brand-new pop sockets. I love mine, and I was a stickler and completely against this whole pop socket craze when it first started until I got one of these and I'm in freaking love with it um, you know I guess I gotta stop being the old cranky guy and just go with it and I love it and I can't thank Chocoloha enough for all the support that they have uh, given me um, ever since I started a podcast and same with Jiu Jitsu Soap Company go to jujitsusoapco.com use the promo code JJ Radio and get 10% your entire order pick up one of their bath bombs um, those sell out super quick. Check out the McDojo Mango Bar. That's my favorite. I actually got to put in another order pretty soon. Stay nice and fresh. Also, please check out my blog, mycosmicjourney.com. There you can find everything and stay up to date on everything that's going on in my world, whether it's jujitsu matches or MMA fights or the latest podcast or whatever YouTube craziness uh, I got going on. And I've also started... Um, online game streaming so hopefully I can get some uh, some fighters to come on there play some video games with me and, uh, and BS and you guys are always welcome to follow me on Twitch check out the YouTube channel thank you all for tuning in and please just if you like it share it subscribe and I will see you guys on the next episode of Jiu Jitsu Radio <laughs>